23 minutes after 7 p.m. is the time. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro with myself, Ayabonga Gawe. We head straight into our wrap of the top business stories. A good start to the JSC uh, at the start of uh, this week. And, uh, of course, as markets closed two hours and 23 minutes ago. Uh, very much uh, most in the red, but uh, still very strong rally on the part of the gold price. And uh, we check in now with some company news, but also some interesting developments coming out of places like Virginia. And uh, also, I guess, the latest insofar as how we're going to deal with load shedding. Market analyst Bandila Matandela is my guest, and he joins me now on the line. Daga Matandela, Maskwa Mgele. Bandula, Zaya, Gunjala. Ah, yeah, Pilega, Putimanda, Temba, Nagwe, Gunjala. No, Gunjala, 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 Let's start off here with ESCOM. Uh, yeah. And I think it's much, yeah, it's close to our hearts, close to our anger, close to much of what keeps us awake at night and maybe, uh, I guess, uh, keeps us cold in some instances. And uh, it's this load shedding issue. Uh, yeah. And uh, the government coming out earlier on today with um, the latest coming out of NECOM. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly there, but um, uh, for now. Um, yeah. And a big part of this, you know, I found this so interesting. Um because in a way, you know, you read this and then you read the debate and the public discourse. Very clear on the one hand that there's a group that is saying, you know, this renewables thing's a sham, it's a fad, you know. Yeah. Let's make sure that uh, our sole focus is on our existing fleet and fixing design and workmanship issues and what we've built. And that's it, right? Um, yeah. And then on the other polar end, you have a renewables lobby that is saying, well, decommission all of these things. Uh, install yeah. all of the stuff, gear all of your transmission capacity to solar, wind, you know, and uh, other, uh, invest in storage, all of that kind of stuff, I guess at the expense to some degree of coal. And it seems the IRP, by the way, is in the middle of that, but also some of the policy discussions that would have come out in this uh, energy action plan, which was released today, says the same. I mean, uh, it says fix ESCOM. It says accelerate private investment in generation. It says accelerate your procurement of all this stuff. And then also, I guess, transform the long-term fortunes of the electricity sector. What do you make of this plan? And Yeah, I mean, I think very interesting plan, right? I, uh, and I think for me, the, 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 the first thing that sort of came, came, came to my mind after reading, particularly these five, five um, key interventions that they've identified, NECO mode, mm. to focus on, is it, it 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 seems like the focus is now you know and again i, I might be picking picking it up wrong but my it seems like the focus is more now on increasing the capacity of the private sector in some form of way right whether mm. it's that enabling and accelerating private investment it, whether it's accelerating procurement of new capacity from you know renewables gas and battery storage which from what I've seen, I haven't heard any news of ESCOM particularly making significant strides on their own on this part, which means that we might also then be procuring this uh, from the private sector. You know, the unleashing of businesses and households to invest in rooftop solar. You know, ESCOM is not in the business of manufacturing rooftop solar, so it's going to be private entities that need to do that. Um, and I think that last one was quite interesting for me, and, 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 and I think it probably needs to be unpacked a little bit more, mm. and I'd love to understand a bit more on my side. You know, that fundamentally transformed the electricity sector. 
right? So, 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 so what does that entail, right? Are we changing the structure of the electricity? Because currently we know ESCOM is as a monopoly on that front. Is this code for saying that we need to move away from ESCOM having a monopoly? You know, what exactly is being said? Yeah, are we are we are we changing ESCOM to merely focus on distribution? Mm. And 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 then because because the focus here points two to point four basically deals with private sector uh, increasing capacity and generation and ESCOM procuring this capacity. So, I mean, I think for me, you know, it, that's that's what I read from mm. this. It, it, came, it, it came out strongly that it was going to, the private sector is going to have to come in and save the day. Um, of course, there is point one that speaks to fix ESCOM and improve the availability of existing mm. supply. But, I mean, we've heard the talks around that. Let, let's There's, talk about that one just for a little bit, Ramatandela, yeah. because it seems, I guess, um, for me, those are some of the more interesting ones. I think the other stuff we've heard of a lot. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, relaxing of licensing thresholds, uh, you know, expedi- expediting of authorizations, be it for land or for energy generation. All of that stuff, yeah. I think, has been spoken yeah, about for a while, yeah. right? But what I'm quite interested in is, you know, yeah. and uh, this plan is saying here that, uh, you know, there's been an increase in the allocation for outage funding from 8.2 billion to 9.5 billion. Um, there've also been meetings to expedite procurement. And uh, uh, there's something for me that I find a bit unsettling here, that the sense is that the procurement delays have largely been as a result of, you know, uh, local content requirements, which is yeah. uh, a bit bizarre. Uh, but then on the other hand, there's a, a seeming law enforcement kind of thing happening. Yeah. So let's make sure that you deal with the sabotage and then, of course, they're trying to bring back skills to, to ESCOM. Um, so I'm quite interested, I guess, in what, from that package of fixing ESCOM, fixing the performance of ESCOM, um, is different. I mean, yeah, budgets for critical maintenance, we've heard that before. I, I'm, I'm just yeah. un, a bit unclear on where, I guess, the new things are here. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, uh, again, that's what I'm saying. This plan is, seems to be more reliant on the private sector coming in to save the day because mm. when, when, when you unpack these, 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 these interventions on just that one objective, fixing ESCOM, right, there's, there's absolutely nothing new, right? I mean, I mean, you've got things like in an energy update that when we're in a crisis, you've got things about, you know, weekly meetings are being held between ESCOM and National Treasury. So, you know, surely those are things that should be there. Mm. Those are also very operational matters, you mm. know. Mm. Um, they're talking about red tape, you know. They're talking about we've brought in 18 skilled specialists that have been brought back into ESCOM, you know. For me, these are people that have been there before, you know. What is it that they're going to bring that's different? So, you know, and again, I think the point is, it's a good point, the one around law enforcement, right? Because mm. you, you, you have to make sure that you can't keep fixing a problem when there's a leak. You have yeah. to first close that leak and then continue fixing this. So, yeah, we need to make sure that we address these issues of sabotage, theft, fraud, but these things have been ongoing for, for, for years, right? Mm. Um, so, 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 so for me, there's nothing really, really new. Uh, and, and, and from what I can, I can sense from this, and, and it's also an assertion that was made by the board chairperson that the private sector, you know, is going to have to come in and mm. that there's going to be private sector generation and then we're going we, 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 we're gonna to go from there. I mean, I think there is yeah. one point here that hopefully, you know, and we'll see how it plays, right, that ESCOM will be constructing its first solar and battery storage projects. And Komati, you know, how, yeah. how quickly they're yeah. going to be able to scale this, the amount of megawatts that is going to be able to put into the grid, 
we're not sure of as yet. But I think for me, probably also, uh, you know, it, it, it makes sense, right? If we talk about the energy mix in South Africa, and we talk about coal, and we talk about solar, and we talk about mm. gas, you know, as as the main distributor also has to play into that. Yeah. There's also the issue of storage, mm. and they have to have a play on that particular front. So for me, I don't. Uh, th- there was nothing that came out very strongly mm. that there's going to be anything different. But for me, the, the key theme of this was 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 really, you know, we're going to have to increase the generation from a private perspective. We're going to procure more from companies that have access energy, you know, to a point that we're even importing from the region now. Hey, hey. And we were strategy. exporting to the region. We we used to export to the region, and seemingly yeah. things have changed. Yeah. Look, um, I mean, I think on this one, Ramatandela. Um, I certainly am giving myself a few days of bedtime reading because I do want to read this alongside a few other documents, one of which is the Transmission Development Plan of ESCOM, 2020 to 2029. Because, you know, you can bring all of this capacity on where it is available, but there are big question marks around the transmission capability and our the existing state of our transmission grid, you know. Um, I mean, a few... Years ago, I, I remember ESCOM talking big about its planned capital investment plans and its transmission grid. Um, and one wonders whether or not, you know, if Asquaz enough money to whether, you know, some of that money is still available. Can't really go to the capital markets with, um, yeah. you know, hundreds of billions worth in debt. So, yeah, and I think the other element, as you correctly say, is that it does seem that even the roadmap here is very private sector heavy. It's the bid windows. It's license generation. It's hoping that those who invest in their own generation and have any we'll have more enough, left over right? will sell it back to the state. Yeah, you know? that, that seems to be the... I mean, of course, on the, on, the, on, the, on the transmission point, right, I mean, we must note that they, they, they also have um, waived or say streamlined you know that 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 excluding transmission excluding the fact that transmission infrastructure doesn't need to obtain an environmental authorization so mm-hmm. i suppose that's one of their ways to say you know let let's relax the 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 the, the, the the, some of the regulations and the requirements in order to, to, to fasten this. But the theme, the key theme coming out of this energy plan, and again, you know, one needs to take more time to read, read through it more, but, mm. but it seems like there's a huge, huge, huge reliance on the private sector being able to generate enough capacity to sell back to ESCOM. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, 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 that, and that fundamentally changes the structure of the energy sector, mm. right, completely. Yeah. Um, uh, and it will be interesting to see how that they manage that, right? And also, which private players are going to come out and take lead in this generation of um, of electricity. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how this develops mm. um, and how it actually plays out. And it will be interesting what the relationships and the contracts look like between ESCOM and these private uh, players that are that are that are that's generating uh, electricity and how that uh, is going to, you know, form over the long term. You know, uh, are we not risking a point where, you know, ESCOM goes down the drain where they they, they literally have to be a price taker Mm. uh, from from this market. You know, we need to guard against all of those Out of desperation, yeah. Yes, because then you create a reliance and a dependence on these private sector players that are generating capacity. What does that look like for competition down the line? You know, we need to consider all of these things because to simply mm. say let's fix load shedding and not think about the long term implications is also going to yeah. is going to be to be detrimental. Mm. Know, uh, Let, let's stay in energy because in the first case, I'm Virginia. Um, yeah, Virginia, yeah. you know, I've always known as a place. Uh, um, 
and in many ways, yeah, yeah, it's one of the newer towns. I mean, it's a mine, yeah. you know, it's a it's a mine town like Valko, um, and uh, many of the other towns in the gold belt of the Free State, and even here in the gold strip that we have here in Gauteng. Uh, um, but um, I guess we're not going to talk about gold now. We're talking about helium or liquid helium production uh, for energy purposes. Uh, what's happening here? Um, and I guess um, it must also be uh, quite an interesting story that it also sort of circles back to what founded Virginia in the first place, which in many ways was also, I guess, some form of extraction of commodities. It was gold then, this time around it's helium. Yeah, helium, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the story the story broke um, with the natural gas and uh, helium producer, Renigen. Uh, we do understand that they're now producing liquid helium um, in, in, in Virginia, which is quite an interesting thing, right? I mean, I think there's currently about eight eight other countries that produce that. It's a byproduct that is utilized in, in various things, right? Um, production of computer chips, cell phones, all of those things, you know. So, so, so South Africa now also produces it through Genogen. It's it, it, it's through a um, the, the company Tetra, um, mm. which wholly owns that uh, Virginia Gas project. And I think, in fact, speaking about Tetra, one of the interesting things there is the fact that um, state-owned Central Energy Fund. Yes, one um, of the investors. Yeah, so mm. one of the investors there, you know, so, so so that's quite interesting. But yeah, South Africa has entered into that space, um, and yeah, we will be we will be contributing to 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 helium liquid helium production um, across the globe. So Renegen will be taking lead on that particular front. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's it's, it's positive for me at least. It's positive that the state has a has a stake in in in, in that as well. But. Yeah. Um, how it grows and 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 then increases capacity, then we'll we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Mm. But yeah, um, I suppose positive news for the organisation. It also seems that um, Amapara are also <laughs> yeah, yeah Amapara have a branch in Japan. They also Yay. have a branch. It seems out in places like Europe and uh, uh, out in the states as well. We've heard of. Uh, you know, arrest searches and seizures in places like California, New York, and Virginia, uh, not the other Virginia. Uh, but uh, yeah, it seems the US and the UK joined Japan in theft associated with high value metals. In the case of Japan, it's platinum and palladium. And then I took to buy Kangala, Klamo took to a Toyota Prius. Did you, did you, when I was reading the story on that, hey, I am a para, I've gone global. I am a para global. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were facing this problem just now as the country, right? And in, and in fact, in our side, it was slightly different in the sense that it was not necessarily caused. But, mm. you know, electricity infrastructure was, was, was being removed, was being sold, you know, all of that. For so high-value metals. Mm. For, yeah, exactly. You know, so seemingly <laughs> Japan has a similar, similar problem. The Toyota priest. Uh, being a targeted um, car by thieves in Japan, as they frame it, yeah. And this is because some of these parts contain precious metals, right? Mm. Plat- platinum, palladium. And and this market was actually blown open by the geopolitical issues uh, happening between Russia and and um, and Ukraine, uh, you know, because because there was this impact on that. So, so for Madri here, last year there was about 173 uh, theft uh, of uh, mouthfuls or what you call catalytic converters mm. in, in Tokyo. So you can imagine the situation. You've got a Toyota Prius, you parked in the runway, you wake up, um, and the and the motor's gone, right? Or the mm. converter's gone. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> a huge problem um, for them. And it will be interesting to see how they actually respond to this. I mean, South Africa, we, we, we looked at legislation around trading of 
these type of metals, and it will be interesting to see what they do. But they are faced with um, a very similar problem to ours. Uh, I mean, they're not they're not alone in that. The UK as well, the US, the US is also is also faced with this with the same with the same problem. Mm. But yeah, seemingly this, uh, and again, it highlights uh, the, the impact that one uh, global event has on many other right. things, right? And like even on the black markets. Exactly, right? We're talking about Ukraine and Russia now. First, it was the sunflower oil prices, it was all of that. Now it's gone to a point where, you know, uh, people's cars are being stolen or parts of their cars are being stolen because of of issues that emanate from that. So a very Mm. interesting story. Um, And I think for me, it's worth um, us as a country looking at how they respond to this because we, we have similar problems. Um, just insofar as it relates to the theft of, of metal and precious metal and all of that. And it just, it would be interesting to see how they respond to it. Yeah. And, and for me, things that push this is the fact that there's a market, right? Exactly. Uh, for me, you have to deal with the markets, right? If there's no market, then they're not incentivized to steal and sell. Mm. So you have to deal with the markets. But um, it would be an interesting one to see what interventions they actually bring in. Last one um, on my end. Uh, yeah. We ask big questions, and the first of those questions, of course, is are we reaching the end of the DIY surge that was associated with COVID-19? Yeah. Whenever I look at the numbers, got cash built, there's always interesting stories, you know. Yeah. Uh, it appears in the numbers of cash build sometimes because they get some of the materials there. And seemingly also a lot of us, you know, who were sitting at home, undertook renovations and so on, and uh, that appeared in the numbers. And it seems that is toning down somewhat. It's softening. Yeah, I think we're seeing the end of that. I, in fact, as I was reading the story, I remembered we, we've spoken about cash build a couple of times during the COVID period, and they saw those spike in revenue and uh, revenues, mostly driven by the hardware stores, right? It was just around the DIY. People were working from home, so people decided to renovate their home. Some people had additional disposable income because, you know, you obviously eliminated the transport cost and all of that. So there was there was, there was significant um, growth in, in, in revenue numbers for cash flow. But seemingly now in the second quarter, um, the group is down about 5%. Uh, this is compared to second quarter of prior years. And uh, if you look at the halfway point where they are, you know, they they they, they, they down. They're down about 4%. Mm. Uh, so revenues, uh, and I think it's exactly that, right? We, we, we're yeah. probably starting to see the end of that Mandile. spike. Masen Zolshob, hold the line there for me for a second because I still want us to talk a bit more about these cash board results. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, it's the second part of our business wrap. Imagine dragons. Feel the thunder with global superstars. Ima- imagine dragons as they rock a packed FNB stadium on the 4th of February. Experience their Mercury World Tour in class and in style. Book your hospitality packages now, starting from 2,495 Rand, by emailing bookings at sale.co.za. Sale spelled S-A-I-L. So bookings at sail.co.za. Or you can call 082-805-3150. 16 minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro, joined by market analyst Mandila Matandela as uh, we uh, take a look at the latest. And, of course, uh, as we wrap up, Mdaga Matandela, the story here coming through from Cash Build. Uh, I was also interested in the number here on se- selling inflation coming in at around 4.5% towards the end of December. And, uh, of course, we know they sell building supplies, uh, many of which 
have also been subject due to the Ukraine-Russia issue to significant price increases. Uh, what have you made, I guess, of, um, in particular, some of the cash bills South Africa offering, um, of what maybe might have accounted for, for this kind of performance and why, in a context where you're not probably not moving as much as you did in 2020 and 2021, uh, that uh, they would go and open three new stores and uh, refurbish uh, a few more? I suppose maybe they're responding to 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 to, to market needs, right? Because mm. maybe 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 there's one aspect of their business that's going down, but they they identifying mm, that I there's see. growth in certain in certain other aspects, you know. So hence the refurbishments and maybe you know moving away from just typically being a store where you come in and you buy whatever you need, you know, starting starting maybe to focus more on you know pay. Um, customer centricity, making sure that the experience of the shop is a bit better. You know, so there, there could be an array of reasons as to why they would be expanding mm. uh, regardless of, of, of... And maybe also they realize that although they're losing revenues in certain, um, in certain locations, that certain locations provide opportunities for growth, right? Hence the new stores. You know, it could be it could be that there's infrastructure projects planned in and around those areas and they're seeing that there might be a boom in terms of... Uh, demand for, for, for hardware material. But yeah, I mean, I think they, they, they currently on, um, on the, uh, the revenues are currently decreasing. And and, and again, what, what would be interesting is to see what the revenue is against last year, but also to see what the revenue is against pre-pandemic levels, mm. you know, to, to get to mm. also get a, a good sense of what exactly is happening from a form of fluctuation. Because I guess the pandemic for them worked in the other way compared to yeah. other firms, right? I mean, yeah. other firms saw their sales slashed, their bottom line slashed, whereas here, you know, these guys saw an upsurge at a time where global supply chains were glutted in some cases. And so, you know, price yeah. increases price came in, increase, but also yeah. they had better demand. So I think you're right that it would be interesting to compare this to a baseline of around 2019. Uh, but yeah. it does say something else, Mdagamatandela, um, that um, much of the impetus for building supplies had come through from residential. Um, and uh, now that that is tapered off, it's uh, maybe high time that uh, some of the large private sector and large public sector infrastructure projects start to come online. Yeah, I was about to say, right, um, and, and it could be a bit early right now to because to, 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 my question was going to be just around, you know, is this indicative of the fact that, you know, major infrastructure projects are also not kicking off and have mm. not fully taken off because th- th- that would be that would be the, the, their next market if the if the, um, the residential market is going down. And perhaps that's the logic and thinking behind them continuing to expand regardless of the performance, right? It could mm. be that they're strategically refurbishing the stores that are closer to, you know, where there's planned major infrastructure projects that are coming um so 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 you 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 you, you i mean you you might expect that as we begin to 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 start building again to start moving on that that they might begin to see see, see a group arise again but i think what we see with these numbers is that we're at the tail end of mm. that boom that was led by the pandemic with people um renovating their homes so i think we're seeing a shift again and then and, and i imagine on their side they're sitting there now looking at that sales mix and potentially preparing to, to, to align and position themselves with uh, more of the major infrastructure projects. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's what we're seeing. Um, and I, mean, I think also what was very interesting is just um, the, 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 
they are sales and, and, and where it comes from, right? Cash build South Africa, their stores are bound accounting for about 81% of their total sales, you know, with the other, uh, you know, and just to show that that's their core business, you know. Mm. So if something impacts that, it, it's more than likely to impact than the, 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 the entire um, the entire organization. Yeah. But uh, but I imagine I mean these are still half year these mm. are still Q two results and we still half year it will be interesting to see what happens to them particularly as we well, go into twenty twenty three. Well, it was a Q two though that coincided with the festive and they are very a festive. At least anaki. Huh? Yeah, I That's the problem. It's born. Si funa nje chasti plot if funi basi gali plot be right. Indo galogi plot galogi ilanda gupeba. Because hey, it's rough. Thank you very much uh, for taking time out to speak to us. Really appreciate it. Good show going forward and a good week. Thank you very much. Bandile Matandela, market analyst, helping us there with the big stories coming out of uh, the markets. Uh, yeah. Amapara have gone global. And of course, if you just joined us, we're also taking a look at the numbers of cash build there. And uh, also uh, the uh, latest coming out of ESCOM. And it seems the plan there is uh, trying to get more renewables online and hoping that uh, critical maintenance, outage allocations, maybe money for more diesel and dealing with the law enforcement challenges might be the way out of the darkness.